Thank you, Rabbi Talbam. I'd like to begin by trying to provide a little bit of a halachic context for tonight's Leil Iyun. I think we all know it's something we review every year during the season of Yom Narayim that the process of tshuva begins with Hakar Sachet. We have to begin by identifying and acknowledging the chait, the shortcoming, the inadequacy, less euphemistically, the sin. Hakaras hachait, in turn, is only possible as a result of a cheshvan anafesh. Certainly, the magnitude and dimensions of a problem require cheshvan anafesh. Only if there is an introspection, an honest, unrestrained introspection, can we, can we identify and appreciate the magnitude and dimension of problems which we have to confront. Generally, we associate tshuva with the yachid, with the individual. But there is a concept in halacha of tshuva satsibor as well, that the community also has to undertake to do tshuva. The Gemara Tainis and Dafyud Beis tells us that when Bezin would decree a tonis because of some dire set of circumstances, Bezin and the Zikainim would devote the first half of the day to be ma'ayin b'milei demasa, to engage in a communal introspection. to understand what went wrong and why. Thus, the halachic context for tonight's Leili Yun is that it's a communal cheshben anefesh. I, for one, was not aware of the timing when we were trying to find an appropriate uh, night which fit everyone's schedule, but the fact that it's the night before Bahab begins makes it a time when this, when traditionally Jews fast the Monday, Thursday, Monday, after Sukkot, after Pesach, makes it an appropriate time for such a communal cheshben nefesh. And though the, the, the second of this evening's two speakers lacks the credentials both of Bezden and Zokein Zeshekon HaChochmah, but nevertheless, let's try to come to grips with the problem and see what efforts we can make to address the problem. If we harbored any illusions that maybe the problems of alcohol, drugs, and promiscuity don't exist within our communities, then, then surely these illusions were shattered by uh, Dr. Tversky's sobering presentation. And as he so eloquently presented, denial even if it were possible, maybe a short-term palliative, but in the long term is a formula for disaster. Perhaps to help us appreciate what we basically intuitively sense of just how serious the issues involved are, let's review some of the isurim involved. Again, I think we all intuitively sense that these are very serious Isurim. Intuitively we sense that halacha, that a Torah lifestyle is one of discipline, is one of self-restraint, and any behavior which encourages loss of, of, of all restraint, of all self-discipline, is antithetical to a Torah lifestyle. 
But what specifically are some of the Yisurim involved with drugs and alcohol? The Baron Salavechik, Zechon Levacha, in an article he wrote over 30 years ago, and apparently already then he wasn't, he wasn't theorizing, but he was responding and reacting to facts on the ground, discussed some of the Yisurim involved in, in drug use. He pointed first to the Ramban's exposition of Kedoshim Tiyu. Kedoshim Tiyu, according to the Ramban, demands of us prudent and moderate involvement with Dvorim Gashmiim, with physicality. Certainly, partaking of alcohol and drugs for recreational, non-medicinal purposes is the antithesis of Kedoshim Tiyu. But you can't help but think if that, that was the best that a godol of a barren stature could come up with, Kedoshim Tiyu, can't you be a, uh, an, a good Jew without being a Kodosh? That was the best that he could come up with? That, that, that drug use is, is a violation of Kedoshim Tiyu? So the truth is, he goes on to enumerate many other Yisurim. One or two of others we'll mention. But to understand this, we have to call to mind a, another remarkable passage in the Ramban. This is a passage to which my father, Zechon Levacha, first uh, called my attention. The Ramban discusses what Isurim does the Ben Sore Umore violate? The Ben Sore Umore, right, is a wayward son. He steals in order to support his, his habit of eating and drinking gluttonously. So the Ramban says, okay, but now let's, let, let's talk in very concrete halachic terms. What's the, on what count are we indicting him? So this is a remarkable Ramban. The Ramban says, so you know what the, the Ben Sorim Moe is guilty of? The Ben Sorim Moe is guilty of Kedoshim Tiyu. His gluttonous, unrestrained, addictive behavior, he violates Kedoshim Tiyu. And we all know what, what course of action the Torah prescribes for the Ben Sorim Moe. So what do you see from the Ramban? That yeah, there are many, many levels of Kedusha. And of course, the higher levels of Kedusha that we only dream about we probably don't even understand them enough to dream about, yeah, of course we can be good, good Jews without attaining those high, rarefied levels of Kedusha. But there are very basic levels of Kedusha which form the lifeblood of what it means to be a Jew, of what it means to be a mensch. And the most basic definitions and the most basic components of Kedusha so that's not just to be an especially holy and pious individual, no, that's just to maintain the most basic moral fiber which a Jew has to have and hence the Ramban says the Ben Sore Umora is guilty of Kedoshim Tiyu, now obviously the point is not Rachman al-Litzlan to, to insinuate that there's any kind of equation between someone who, uh, who abuses alcohol and drugs and the Ben Sorel Obviously, Rahman al-Islam, that's not the insinuation. But the point is that if a Baron tells us that, that, that using drugs, abusing drugs, using, abusing alcohol is a violation of Kedoshim Tiyu, it's not something which we can cavalierly dismiss. There are other Yisurim which, which he lists also. I'm not going to go through the whole list, but another very, very important 
Isser in, in this context and in many other contexts in contemporary society, which the Shulchan Aruch and Hilchus Shabbos discusses, is that of Givoy Yetzirah. There's an Isser to be Megara the Yetzirah, which literally means to incite or inflame the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah means is that sort of, in, in exoteric terms, is, is that aggregate of, of drives and urges, many of which are, are, are very carnal, which a person has. Let's use that as an uh, inadequate but uh, working definition of Yetzirah. We all have a Yet Sahara. Without the Yet Sahara, the world wouldn't continue, Chazal tell us. We all have the Yet Sahara. The, 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 the greatest, the greatest have, have Yet Saharas. Certainly, uh, certainly the rest of us. We all have Yet Saharas. Say Chazal, it's also to be Megara the Yet Sahara. To incite the Yet Sahara is also. Certainly anything which causes a person to be uninhibited is certainly a form of Gila Yet Sahara. The loss of inhibition which results from partaking of alcohol, partaking of drugs, is, is Gila Yetzahara, is inciting and inflaming in one of its worst and, and crudest forms. In terms of other types of Again, what we're referring to euphemistically as immoral and dangerous behavior. The Chofetz Chaim Paskins, to sort of fast forward to the 20th century, that the Isser of Nida, which carries with it the penalty of, of excision, is also classified under the rubric of Arayos, which are one of the cardinal Averus in Yadus. It's one of those Averus for which the Torah prescribes, Yehoi Yavor, for which a person is supposed to suffer martyrdom rather than succumb and, and violate the Isser. So certainly Isser Nida, any, any young woman over the, 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 the age of uh, 12, is, is presumed to have already reached the, the state of, of Nidus is certainly not an Isser which we take lightly. Anything which is any type of Chibuk, uh, Venishuk, any type of uh, contact which, which shows the slightest bit of Chiba, uh, of, 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 of affection, is also prohibited under the, the, the love of Lothikus Vulagalos Erva. So there's no need to belabor the point. What we're dealing with here are very serious issues. Now, the, the issue is a very complex one, and obviously there are many reasons and contributing factors. I have neither the, the time nor the competence to, to offer a Torah perspective on, on all the relevant factors. So I'd like to perhaps as a Yehuda V'od Lekra, somewhat uh, redundantly and, 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 and a superf- superfluous fashion, echo some of the themes which Harav uh, Dr. Tversky has already articulated. And I'd like to focus specifically on the role of parenting, of chinuch, and societal values. 
But please allow me to be very clear in this point. I'm not simplistically suggesting that parental neglect or improper chinuch is the sole cause of the current epidemic and that hence improved parenting and upgraded chinuch would be a panacea. I don't even mean to suggest that parenting, chinuch, and societal values are even relevant in every case. Obviously every case is unique and every case has to be dealt with on an ad hominem, personalized basis. And yet, all that notwithstanding, certainly parenting and society values, societal values are highly significant factors and most importantly, it's these factors that we can most directly impact and control. So maybe let's begin by trying to understand why some perspectives on why our youth are so susceptible to the plagues of alcohol, drug abuse, and other forms of immoral behavior. The Yet Sahara in, in adolescence, Chazal tell us, the, the Yerushalmi Rashi in, in Chumash in Hashas Noach on the Pasuk of Kiyetza Leif HaOdom Ra Mina Urav so Rashi quotes it's a Medrash Rabbah and a Yerushalmi that from the time the, the, the fetus leaves the womb of the mother from the time the, the child is born so the, the Yetzirah enters the child we, we, we enter this world with the Yetzirah that notwithstanding the force of the Yetzirah is not uniform throughout, throughout one's life and then the halacha is very cognizant of that. How do we know that? The Gemara Numa says, the Rambam quotes in Hilchas Tshuva, that Ezeu Tshuva Gemura, when is Tshuva Gemura? When a person who has succumbed to a Yetzirah once, overcomes that Yetzirah when the Yetzirah is just as strong. Not when he gets older and the Yetzirah has weakened and it's easier to overcome. That's not a, a perfect tshuva. It's a tshuva and, and, and one should certainly do it. One shouldn't uh, forego such a tshuva. But the perfect tshuva, the complete tshuva, is when one can cope with the Yetzirah when the Yetzirah is as strong. So Chazal Chazal, it, it should come as no surprise to us, we're very sophisticated. Chazal understood, yeah, the Yetzirah, we're born with the Yetzirah, but the Yetzirah isn't uniform. The Yetzirah, it waxes and wanes, and there's no question that during adolescence is a time when the Yetzirah is especially strong. And there are two elements, among others, that, 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 that deserve to be highlighted. First of all, that there is a Yetzirah, again, which we all have, but it's perhaps especially strong in adolescence for independence. We, no one likes being told what to do, and especially teenagers don't like to be told what to do. It's something which the Nachash played on when he was trying to entice Chava to sin. So the Nachash says to Chava, if you'll eat this fruit, so then the result is, V'yisem ke'elohim yodei tovara that you'll become independent, you'll become autonomous, you won't have to listen to anyone else, you'll be able to dictate for yourself what you want to do. So we all have this urge to be independent, and certainly adolescents are interested in asserting and exerting their independence. That's one element of the Yet Sahara. Another element of the Yet Sahara is, as the Rambam quotes from the Gemara, that Ein Kula, that the strongest urge and drive that people have is 
to avoid the prohibitions associated with illicit relations. This Chazal identify as the strongest Yetzirah. It's a Yetzirah which is new to adolescence, and what's more, Chazal were also acutely aware of what they refer to as Paspasalo. Paspasalo, the, the, the imagery of Paspasalo literally means when a person has bread at hand, which means that it's easier to fast if you know that whenever you want, you can break the fast. So, in, in, uh, in performing the, the Avodah on Yom HaKippurim, the service on Yom HaKippurim, so the one who used to take the, the soil Azazah, the, uh, the original scapegoat, to the Midbar, so he was allowed, he was allowed to eat. If the, if the, the, the task of, of bringing the soil out to the Midbar was too onerous, so then he was allowed to break his fast and eat and drink. And there were way stations along the way. And at, e- at each way station, they used to ask him, do you want to eat, do you want to drink? And Chazal tells us, the mission tells us, it never ever happened that he needed to break his fast. He always was able to, to muster the strength, despite the fact that he was fasting, that it was Yom Kippur, he was able to complete the task of bringing the, the goats out to the out to the midbar where, where it was uh, pushed off the cliff. So then, so then Chazal asked the obvious question, so why did we go through the same Chagadya uh, every year of, of having all these way stations and asking him, do you need something to eat? Do you need something to drink? So Chazal answered, because the fact that a person can avail himself of the food and drink, that makes it easier for him to abstain. The fact that psychologically he knows he has that option. So when a person is older and a person is, is married, so it's paspasalo, it's easier to comply with the restrictions. When you have an adolescent for whom marriage is, uh, is, is not uh, imminent, is not pending, so there is no paspasalo. So the Yetzirah on the one hand is new, on the other hand, and it's, it's, it's a strong Yetzirah, Chazal say it's the strongest Yetzirah we have, it's, it's new, it's the strongest one we have, and on the other hand, it's not offset at all by the, by the fact of Paspasalo when one is still single with uh, marital prospects not imminent. So that's some of what our, our teens are dealing with. Now that's compounded by the fact that there is a vacuum, a vacuum in their lives. Now, now, what do I mean by a vacuum? After all, we're talking about Orthodox teens. They go to yeshivas, yeshiva high schools, they put in long days carrying double programs. We're not talking about keeping them any busier than they already are. It's neither advisable nor practical, probably not even possible, to keep them so busy that they don't have time to abuse drugs, to abuse alcohol. It doesn't take much time to do that. That's not the issue. So the vacuum we're talking about is a religious, spiritual vacuum. The Rambam writes at the end of Hilchos Yisurebiyah, the Rambam says that, that for a person to be taken and, and preoccupied with desires and passions and lust is only when there's a vacuum. When there's no vacuum, when there's no vacuum, so then there's no room for this to strike root. But when there's a religious, spiritual vacuum, 
that's when there's an opening for other things to come and, and fill the vacuum. That's something we'll talk about more in a moment. And then the fourth element of what our children are dealing with is the constant bombardment from the society around us. Again, as, 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 as Rav Tversky mentioned, whether it's standing in the checkout line at the, uh, the supermarket or whatever it is, but this constant giro yetsahara, constant incitement, constant inflammation. It, it brings to mind what Chazal say, Chazal say that they, they give a moshal that, that a father a father dresses his son in, in the finest of clothing and he, uh, he makes the son as handsome as possible, gives the son a, uh, a lot of spending money, and then son sends the son to walk by a, a brothel. And Chazal say, Mayasa ben shaloyachto. Chazal say that, that what is the son supposed to do that he shouldn't, that he shouldn't succumb. So this combination of the different elements of the Yetzirah with which our teens, with which our children struggle with the religious spiritual vacuum, with the constant giva yetzahara, the bombardment, the, the incitement, the inflammation, the combination is, is highly combustible. Now, l- let's pose a different question for a moment. And, and the, the question is, is a painful one. It's a very painful one. Rabbi Teilbaum, in, in his introduction, alluded to some of the more public manifestations, those tips of the iceberg which broke through and, 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 and much to our dismay became headline news of the partying, of arrests at parties. So the question is, when our children are at such parties, so where are we? What do we know about what's going on? And, and what don't we know? And, and logically, there seem to be two answers. One answer is that we don't know where they are. We think that they're at some innocent get-together with one friend, maybe, uh, maybe reviewing for Agamara Bechina, maybe, uh, maybe relaxing and spending some time with a friend. That's one possibility. That's not a very attractive possibility, but the second one's even worse. The second possibility is that on some level, we know where they are. On some level, we know that they're partying, and we're not doing anything about it. So either we're ignorant about what our children are doing, or even worse, we're apathetic. At least on a practical level, Rachman al-Litzlan, we're apathetic about what our children are doing. Broria, when she has to tell Rabbi Meir about the tragic loss of their sons, uses the imagery about how when HaKadosh Baruch Hu blesses us with children, it's like a pikadon. It's like HaKadosh Baruch Hu 
asks us to guard what's his. HaKadosh Baruch Hu entrusts us with the most precious, precious thing that he has in his world. Bonim atem Hashem elokechem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, kinar Yisrael o'aveyo, HaKadosh Baruch Hu loves every Jew, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu entrusts our children to our care. It's a pikodon, something that we're supposed to guard, we're supposed to watch over, we're supposed to nourish, we're supposed to nurture. Children are, are, are they're put in our charge. The mitzvah of period of Arivia, the mitzvah of procreation, is a mitzvah to bring children into the world and to raise the children. The Gemara in Bava Basra says at the end of the third parak, the Gemara refers to the times of Roman persecution. And the Gemara says that Mishasha Pashta Malchusarasha, from the time that, that, uh, that, that the Roman uh, government has, uh, has spread its, its tentacles and is Gezeris Gezeros and, and is introducing all these harsh decrees Din Husha Nigzal Atzmenu really we should have responded with a decree of our own not to have children because we can't raise them properly so Tosis has a kasha and Tosis asks what do you mean that we should have decreed not to have children it's a mitzvah to have children so Tosis says I don't know maybe it means not to have more than the, than the requisite uh, minimum of a son and a daughter. But Tosis says that's maybe. What's the alternative? The alternative Tosis is, is implying is, the alternative is, well, if we can't raise the children properly, we're not fulfilling the mitzvah anyway. The mitzvah of is not just to bring the children into the world, but it's to raise the children. To raise the children, so we have to know where our children are at. We have to be involved with our children. It can't be that on Mozai Shabbos, we either don't know where our children are or that we don't care where our children are. It can't. We're neglecting the, the Shmira. We're neglecting, we're neglecting that charge which HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us in so doing. Of course, any good relationship has to be built on a foundation of trust. And I'm obviously not suggesting that anyone should distrust their children. But on the other hand, if a parent knows, as we ought to know, that these pernicious problems exist in our community and in the yeshivas which our children attend, so then, it's not a question of trust, but it's just a question of, of naivete or denial not to be aware and not to confront these issues. Parents need to know who their children's friends are. Parents need to know where their children are going in Mozart Shabbos, what the children are doing in Mozart Shabbos. Parents need to know why is it that the children need to go out to find fulfillment on Mozart Shabbos, what can we do at home to provide the fulfillment? Why is it that the fulfillment is only possible by going away from home? How come? What can we do at home within our own Daladamas, within our own four cubits of, 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 of our home that they should find the fulfillment, the happiness that they're looking for, that they don't have to 
search for parodies. But the truth is that once we have to monitor our children, so that means that we already have a very big problem. And really, we need to take preventive measures that we shouldn't even have to monitor our children. What's the Torah's counsel here? At least, again, it's not going to address all cases. Every case has its own dynamic. It has its own unique set of factors. But what's the Torah's counsel here? So there's a post that can say for Shmos where the, the Torah says, There's one common denominator to all chait. All chait. There is a single common denominator. And that common denominator is that, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is absent from our thoughts. He's absent from our lives. No one, no one acts, virtually no one, virtually no one, if he's aware, if he or she is aware of being in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, if a person is, is uplifted by that awareness of being in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence, HaKadosh Baruch Hu comes to you that's a paraphrase I forget how the exact wording goes why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu coming? HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants that you should feel Him as a presence in your life and that's the greatest inhibitor of all chait the greatest inhibitor of all chait is the Rambam and the Sefer Achinuch when, when, they, when they enumerate the mitzvah of Yeras Hashem in the Minyan mitzvah, so they say that the mitzvah of Yeras Hashem the, the, the phraseology of the Sefer Achinuch is mitzvah Yeras Hashem Yeras Hashem al poneinu levilti nechta reflecting this postage that we should feel a sense of awe of fear of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because that inhibits all chait. We need to make sure that in our homes HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the central and defining presence. Even in, in, in a home, even in a home where one can be, one can be busy and, and, and formulaically, externally comply with everything, all the, all the strictures of Torah and mitzvahs, formulaically, but, but that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence is not felt. There's no talk about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's no Im Hashem. What am I going to do today? Im Hashem. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows me, this is what I hope to do today. How are you? Baruch Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to be a presence in, in our lives. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a presence in our lives, in our homes, if we bring the Yibam Shalom into our homes, so then he'll be the central presence in our children's lives as well. The very first Ramah in Shulchan Aruch 
It's a more or less verbatim quote from the Rambam in Mount of Uchem. He talks about the principle of Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samit, about being aware of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the Ramah, according to the Rambam, says that the immediate corollary from an awareness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is that Miyad Yagia Elav Hayira, that a person acts differently. Everything is transformed if a person has a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. What all in Torah and mitzvahs is about at the end of the day, it's not just the do's and the don'ts, but the do's and the don'ts are the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells us, guides us, prescribes to us that we have a relationship with Him. And that's what the idea is when the Torah tells us that we're Avdei Hashem. Hallelujah, Avdei Hashem. What does it mean to be an Eved? So to be an Eved doesn't only mean to be subservient, but to be an Eved also means to be an intimate. When, when Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai asks his, his disciple, Rabbi Hanina ben Dosa, to daven on behalf of his sick child, so his wife asks him, why are you asking Hanina? Aren't you greater than Hanina? Why don't you daven for our sick son? Why are you asking Hanina? So Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai answers her and says, I'm like a Tsar, Lefnei HaMelech. I'm like an officer before the king. Hanina, he's like an Ebed, Lefnei HaMelech. So what's the sense of Avdus in, in that Gemara? An Eved is the, the intimate. The Eved doesn't need an appointment. The Eved is with his master day and night. He's waiting on him hand and foot, but he's an intimate. He's with him day and night. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, Avodaihein, it means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is, we're supposed to have an intimate relationship with him. Uh, we have, if we would have such an intimate relationship with him. Think about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Think about Yubam Shalom. Talk to our children about the Rebbe Shalom. Talk to them about Yeras Hashem. Talk to them about Bitochon. Talk to them about how when we have problems, yes, we're supposed to take every initiative we can. We're not supposed to be quiescent. But, God, God's all helping. But when we have Bitochon, that Hashlech Hashem Yehovcha, and HaKadosh Baruch will help us. The vacuum that exists in our children's lives you, you know, it, it's, it's, it's well known. If you see a little, if you see a little uh, toddler, you see him in the supermarket, and, and, and you listen to the, to, to the words which come out of his mouth. You listen to his vocabulary, so you get an idea for his parents' vocabulary. Because the child, he's not reading, he's not going to school, his exposure is to his parents. So you hear the child speaks in a refined way, you know the parents speak in a refined way. You, you, you hear the child speaks uh, not so delicately, so then you know where he hears such, such language used. So the same is often true in other, in other venues as well. That sometimes the problems that we see in our youth, perhaps they manifest themselves differently, but the problems are often a reflection of the problems that exist within us. They manifest themselves differently. Maybe they play out differently in our youth, but they're a reflection of the problems that we have. And when we talk about the combustibility of the Yetzirah, which adolescents have to deal with because of a vacuum, of a religious spiritual vacuum, so the question is that we need to ask ourselves, so to what extent is that vacuum present within our own lives and it's only a reflection, a projection in, into our children's lives and to what extent as was mentioned is our preoccupation with pleasure 
So we're thinking about pleasure. Yeah, we, we, we keep Shabbos and we keep Kashrus, but we're not thinking about the Yivad HaShalolim. That's not how our life is oriented. That's not how our life is oriented, so our children are left with a vacuum. It's not fulfilling. They're not happy. They're left with this religious, spiritual vacuum. Let's talk to, talk to our children about, about the, 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 the wonders of Let's talk to our children about that and give them, let them have a sense of what it means to have that personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Another area in which the, the problems that we encounter a child who tastes the sweetness of Shabbos who tastes the, the sweetness of Talmud Torah who tastes the sweetness of a beautiful davening it's the closest we can come to an inoculation against the problems of drug abuse alcohol abuse and other forms of, of, of sundry immoral behavior. One other area in, in which the problems which we, we see within our children are a reflection of problems that we have within our own community and here too Rabbi Tadabaum referred to it is the problem of kiddush clubs. It's very difficult to be mechanecha with children not to abuse alcohol if we abuse alcohol. Do as I say, not as I do is never a very convincing argument. And it's only to the extent, again, that we can provide a, a proper example for our children, it's only to that extent that we can hope to be to be Mechanichem. So to recap and, and, and to conclude a Yetzirah can be inflamed or a Yetzirah can be sublimated. To the extent that we're able to fill our children's lives with the joy and the meaning of Torah, of Yiddishkeit, of feeling that personal connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so then when there's no vacuum, so then the Yetzirah is sublimated. But when there is a vacuum, because they don't feel that, there's an emptiness, they just feel that they're being dictated to. They feel that Shabbos is a series of restrictions. It's stifling, stultifying restrictions. They don't feel the beauty of Shabbos. They're not, they're not enriched by, by beautiful davening, by serious davening, or by divrei Torah, or by family time together at the table. So then if Shabbos is only, if Shabbos is just a series of restrictions, there's a vacuum. There's a vacuum. If there are do's and don'ts, 
But the do's and don'ts are not the discipline which make possible a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but they're just do's and don'ts, so then they feel oppressive. But if the do's and don'ts are like a doctor's regimen for a diet, that you should feel good and be able to enjoy life, if the do's and don'ts of Torah and Yiddishkeit are understood that they're guiding us like a, like a flight plan along a path to reach a destination, to, to have and develop a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, they feel it. They see from the parents' behavior that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a presence in their lives, so then there's no vacuum. Where there's no vacuum, so then the vacuum doesn't need to be filled artificially. The, the, the obligation that we have as parents is, is a very great one. I, I was going to, to read, but m- maybe it's, it's, it's too much. There are many passages from the Vilna Gon, from the Menorah Hamor, where they quote as a, a medrash with Rabbi Akiva about the obligation of parents and of how the, the, the destiny of parents and children are linked. But I'm not sure we even need that. We all love our children more than, more than life itself. More than life itself. We want to give them the best. The best that we can give them, again, is to fill that vacuum. Fill that vacuum as best we can. Let them feel the sweetness of Shabbos, of Torah, of the relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. When they say L'chododi Friday night, let them feel like that they're talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which they are. Come HaKadosh Baruch Hu, L'chododi. Let them feel that, let that vacuum be filled, and then we give our children an eternal gift more precious and more enduring than any other gift we can, and we don't leave that void, that vacuum, which is that which can otherwise be filled artificially and, and perniciously. I, I hope that we, we should all, we should all be mischazek, we should all do our best, be mischazek each other, strengthen each other, to try again to fill the void, the vacuum in our own lives, the void and vacuum in our children's lives, and we should all see Barnum of Nevanim Oskim Batar Mitzvah.